first IEEE Power Trunk Society Pels podcast titled uh, A Conversation with Dr. Alan Mantruth, Editor-in-Chief of our IEEE Open Journal of Power Electronics, a new initiative of IEEE Pels. So before we start with our first podcast, I'd like to introduce a few key players. So let me first start with introducing myself. My name is Prasad Njari. I'm the PELS Digital Media Editor and uh, Education Chair and an IEEE PELS member and a volunteer. I'm also a professor at Texas A&M University College Station, Texas. My co-host of this webinar is uh, Dr. Sheldon Williamson. So he's also an active member of Power Trans Society as well as the Digital Media Committee. So Sheldon. Yes, so hi. hi, everyone. Uh, so my name is Sheldon Williamson and um, I'm also a PELS uh, member and volunteer, and I'm also a professor at Ontario Tech University uh, in Canada. So uh, with that introduction, we have at the IEEE PELS headquarters, we have an expert help of Megan uh, Shikochi, and uh, the two of us, uh, the, both Sheldon and myself, are the, form the core team that is responsible for bringing you the this and the future podcast. We also have the help of IEEE TV and IEEE production, podcast production team assisting us in editing and publishing this podcast in appropriate channels. So with that introduction, let's dive in to our important topic of discussion today, a conversation with Dr. Mantooth, Editor-in-Chief of IEEE Pels, first open access our electronics journal. And the Open Access Journal is a new PELS initiative of 2020 and is of a topic of great interest to many, many of our PELS members across the world. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Mantooth, our Editor-in-Chief. And then um, he has uh, he's a professor of, uh, uh, in the University of Arkansas, Power Electronics Active Researcher, and also has many honors to his credit. Dr. Mantooth, welcome. How are you doing this afternoon? Oh, very good. Very good, Prasad. Thank you for the introduction. And Sheldon, good to meet you as well. Thank Same you, here, Alan. So if you can tell us more about, uh, um, Alan, if you can tell us more about the open, the new Open Journal of Power Electronics, such as the scope of the journal, you know, when will it be available online, and what's the difference between this Open Access Journal and the other transactions or journal publications which IEEE PELS has uh, is been putting out. And, okay. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, hang on. I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's uh, it's. Uh, Great honor, actually, to be asked to help stand up this new journal for the society. Um, as you know, Prasad, I served for, for two years as president of the society, and this was sort of my retirement plan, I guess. <laughs> but uh, um, the, the, the Open Access Journal um, is one of several journals that the IEEE is launching in 2020 in different fields, different areas. And the Power Electronics Society was very eager to sign up because we've had great success with the transactions on power electronics and right. with the Journal of Emerging and Selected Topics in Power Electronics, JESPE, as well as some uh, a great uh, organization in the IEEE Transportation Electrification. So we, we've, we've um, uh, opened this journal. We actually started accepting papers November 1st, uh, 2019. And we have published our first papers. Um, it's interesting, the Open Access Journal is, uh, in terms of its scope, it's, it's very uh, similar in, in scope, at least stated scope, to that of the transactions on power electronics, which means basically it's the Power Electronics Society field-wide interest, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, 
In fact, we do emphasize uh, some some things that don't typically do so well in the transactions on power electronics. For example, we are going to have a strong emphasis on devices and and uh, device technologies and, and and models, which which in fact is is part of the power electronics society and always has been. I mean, you know, that's that's of course the the, the basic building block of all power electronics is the semiconductor devices. But in fact, we don't necessarily see as many of those papers in our transactions as we do, say, in, in electron devices or something like that. Right. And so we, we are specifically out recruiting there. We're also very interested in papers that would be of value to the industry and, and practicing professionals. Remember, this is an open access journal. And as a result, once the paper is published, it's open to everyone. And so there's no fee. They can they can they can freely access it, and we feel like this brings a lot of value to the members of our society that are practicing professionals who may not have the the university level subscriptions that that many of us have uh, through our institutions, uh, or in fact, you know, the numbers of power electronics engineers that that perhaps aren't members of IEEE. Um, and so this this open access capability is a real value to the field in general. So we certainly want to see uh, papers that are industry relevant being submitted. And I wouldn't say, you know, we, we look at certain industries and we see excellent application notes, for example. And, uh, you know, while we wouldn't be publishing app notes, something along the lines of that type of, of uh, flavor of article that had a lot of application value to practicing professionals, I think would be very, very, very useful. Basically combined with more rigor analysis and so on. That's right. That's right. You, you couple it with some rigorous analysis, but it might not necessarily be uh, a paper that's a, an advance to the state right. of the art from the standpoint of a, a new converter topology, say. Yeah. Um, you talked about having it, uh, having this uh, open access, meaning that industry engineers who are not IEEE members not uh, may and can access, uh, you know, all, all of these papers. Now, uh, will these uh, papers published in this open access will also be available in IEEE Explorer? Yes. In fact, the, the first papers are appearing in IEEE Explorer. Okay. Um, there, there will not be a print copy. Everything will be available online. Correct. Um, okay. And and as this as it works out, one of the things that we're emphasizing, uh, Prasad, that's that's a little bit different than our other journals is the submission to publication time is very rapid. Oh, how rapid! Well, so the goal is to be less than seven weeks from oh, wow. submission to publication, mm -hmm. and in fact, in the first uh, twenty or thirty papers we've received, it's less than four weeks. So. Oh, wow. We are turning things rapidly. And so rapid publication is a part and an earmark of this open access journal. So not only will it be, will it be rapid, um, it will be, um, uh, there is no, there's no such thing as a monthly issue. As soon as the paper is ready for publication, it appears online. And there's only one issue per year, and that is the issue 2020 or 2021, the year. So oh, okay. We continuously, continuously publish papers as they are ready. So there is no, there is a post-production process, but only in as much as it's getting it up online. And we're not holding back one paper because we're waiting on three more to come in to make an issue. 
Nope, it's 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 made available right away. So, so that's uh, from that point of view, um, where would a person who is not an IEEE member or IEEE member would go there, go on the website to access these papers? Well, that's a good question because you know we're we're making these. Uh, I mean, anyone can log in to to IEEE Explorer, right? It's just, do you have permissions to go see certain papers, right? Correct. So, I mean, it's a it's an open website, right? So you go to IEEE Explorer, and in this case, the open access journals will be available. All you have to do is just go to the website, and so you would search for your particular journal. In this case, the Open Journal on of Power Electronics. And you would see the 2020 issue, and you would be able to uh, download papers right there. Okay, thank you. All right, so Alan, um, that was a good introduction as to how uh, you know one could submit a paper for review or and publish um, to this new open access journal. Thanks for that insight. Um, could you please talk about the uh, upfront cost? You know, many people have been wondering, and there's a lot of talk about. Um, the upfront cost to the author that they would need to pay in order to publish their papers in this journal. Could you please throw some light on that? Yes. Um, so the cost of publishing a paper is $1,750. Mm -hmm. for, for IEEE members, there's a discount, and I think it's a 10%. And for PELS members, it's a 15% discount. Mm -hmm. so there's, okay. Yeah. And, and it's, there's no overlength page charges. So Okay. So it's one fee, and it's a one-time fee for that paper, no matter right. how long it is. Now, we'll get to page lengths in just a moment, but, but there is also um, provisions in place for those people from areas of the world that are, are uh, a little bit more uh, economically challenged from the standpoint of, of paying a, a fee like that. And this right. is... These are guidelines that are provided by IEEE, and at the editor's discretion, I can choose to mm -hmm. um, um, severely discount, <laughs> significantly discount the, the mm -hmm. cost of the paper so that people okay. from all over the world can access it and, and that money is not the issue. So what kind of numbers are we talking for these, uh, you know, so to speak, developing countries? Uh, as in oh, it, it could be something like $200. It could be even less. Okay. It, it really depends on what part of the world they're That's from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. The point is to, 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 to publish quality papers and not less that, yeah. that, that they're from a, a, an economic, economically challenged area of the world to hold back their contribution. Right. Uh, that's so, good. Um, what about uh, authors, uh, just as a follow-up, uh, since we're on the topic of uh, discounted rates, uh, what about authors who publish regularly? Uh, let's say they publish regularly in the journal and, mm -hmm. you know, the second or third time, is there uh, like a discount that would be uh, effective for such authors who are dedicated to submitting papers to this journal? You know, that's a really good question and one we're discussing um, and mm -hmm. in the sense that that there's a sort of a credit system that might be might be right. able to be uh, put in place where once you've published so many papers, then you start mm -hmm. gaining some credits toward uh, future mm -hmm. papers, uh, uh, right. credit meaning discounts. Right. Um, we have not instituted that yet, and I'll tell you exactly why. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we've done in in that IEEE has done, that I think they've done very well with is mm -hmm. all of the open access journals that they launched. I think there were 16 of them in, in mm -hmm. various societies. They all have the same pricing structure. Mm -hmm. So 
if you're a member of their society, you get the 15% discount over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, and then I triple member, you know, 10% so forth. And, and the cost right. is 750 for all of us. If, if Powell's wants to do this with their journal, I would want to make sure that this was something that didn't put our colleagues in other um, in other societies at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Just like I wouldn't want them to do that to us. And right. we have some sister societies, for example, um, mm-hmm. Industry Application Society, Power and Energy Society, mm-hmm. um, Electric Society, the, the Electronic Packaging Society, and and and. Those, those obviously our fields tend to overlap a little bit. And so mm-hmm. if I were issuing a credit because they had published, say, three papers in my journal, would mm-hmm. that credit transfer over if they were doing the open journal on industry applications? Well, right. should it? I don't know. I mean, so mm-hmm. these things need to be discussed more fully, and we just haven't yet got our heads around that. Now, on, on the discount, you said 10% for IEEE members and 15% for PELS. Is that... So if I'm an IEEE and a PELS member, will I get a 25% discount? <laughs> no, 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 they're not additive. <laughs> okay. Right now, if you're not economically challenged, you're 15% discount per side. Okay. So I, okay. I think Texas A&M probably qualifies as a 15% discount. Uh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, well, yeah, thanks, Alan, for that, you know, the other that thing, insight on cost. Thank you. Yeah. The other thing about the overlength pay charges and not having those, that's also very attractive. And we do actively invite tutorial and review articles that mm-hmm. might be as much as, say, 20 pages long to really mm-hmm. get into. So think of it as almost like the IEEE proceedings of power electronics. You know, right. if you want, you want to give a good tutorial or review paper, Mm-hmm. You can work with me, and 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 we will obviously give more generous page count on mm-hmm. that. Generally speaking, we're around the ten page mark for for regular papers. Mm-hmm. We would like you to stay around ten pages mm-hmm. because we still have to cover the cost of the overlink page charges. We are just not passing that along. Okay? Right. Okay. So that's important for our our subscribers to know and our authors to know mm-hmm. is that we're holding we're holding the cost. And um, so we want to try to adhere to a reasonable page length, but there will be those invited papers where we're just going to say, okay, if it's 20 pages, it's 20 pages. Right. Yeah. Great. So those are the good questions on the cost. I think I was trying to get more additional mm-hmm. discounts and I could not. And uh, <laughs> so thank you for addressing the cost question. Let's move on to the review process. So what exactly happens, you know, once the author submits a paper, uh, I know you had already touched upon the review timeline being being a fast publication. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can you speak more about the review process as such? Absolutely. In fact, it's a nice uh, it's a nice uh, little flowchart we put together where it comes into the editorial assistant. Mm-hmm. The editorial assistant is given a criteria upon which how to assign the paper. Currently, all papers come to me as editor in chief, and I assign a co editor in chief. Our editorial board has three co-editor-in-chief, um, and that's Marco Lazare and Wen Kang Huang and uh, Mark Xu. So one in China, one in North America, one in Europe, um, or Asia, North America, and Europe. And, and we have uh, we, we, we don't divide the papers regionally, but we, we uh, uh, do have regional representation. And the paper is then assigned to an associate editor, much like you would see done um, uh, in a normal transactions. And the associate editor is responsible for choosing reviewers. Okay. 
The difference is that we have uh, a review process that only has four categories. One of them is accept. Okay. Mm-hmm. One is accept, another one is accept with mandatory changes. Then mm-hmm. there is reject and resubmit, mm-hmm. and then out reject. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what is accept with mandatory changes? That means you have to be able to make the changes within ten days, ten business days. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. No, there is no category for a major revision. The category for major revision is reject and resubmit. So authors have to get used to this because it can be a little unsettling to get a reject decision, but you're being, there's a difference between an out and out reject and a reject and resubmit. Now, please understand, our reviewers are turning their reviews in about two weeks. Yeah. For this thing to be working in a four-week time frame. So what happens is if we have reviews that are not consistent, one difference in our review process is that we hold a little WeChat or a little discussion online among the reviewers and the associate editor to understand why there's a disparity in the reviews. Mm-hmm. Then a decision gets rendered. This happens quickly. Then a decision gets rendered by the associate editor. Okay. And then back to the co-EIC, and then ultimately it's my decision as editor-in-chief, if I agree. So I read the reviews, I read the recommendations, and a decision is rendered. And if it is reject and resubmit, for example, okay, you're getting that decision, you're getting that decision back in four weeks, and you have as much time as you want to revise and resubmit, but the clock has stopped on that paper, okay? Mm -hmm. All right? And so it's the major revisions that end up dragging out the time to to to, to publication. Mm. And so we've already had cases where they've, they've been accepted with mandatory changes and the authors have turned around their review, their um, re, their revision in 10 days, went back, got accepted and has been accepted and published. And that whole process in less than four weeks. So they're getting they're getting quick turn feedback. And if they're willing to turn their revision around quickly, we're going to keep under that seven weeks right now. Of course we're faster, but we don't have nearly the number of papers, but Correct. as it grows, we want to stay under that seven week time frame. So for this Alan, for this uh, high speed mm-hmm. publications, you need a, you need a team of very you know dedicated associate editors mm-hmm. all, all, all across the society spectrum and, keep track of uh, their their what's in their uh, you know workflow and so on that's right so are you planning to use any 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 uh, social media channels to do that or do you have a full team of associate editors for now or are you expanding that well we have a team of about 20 associate editors right now oh, okay that's good and we we sent them a, a set of guidelines and expectations before the um agreed to be associate editors and said, look, here's what we're looking for. And they were all asked to provide a list of 10 reviewers that they could count on to give them very responsive reviews across a spectrum of top of, of topics. Okay. Right. Meaning with those 10 to 12 people, they could cover a, a variety of topics. And of course you didn't have associate editors in various areas as well. So with this, this team of 20, and each of them having 10 um, reviewers, okay, 
you're already up to a good handsome number of reviewers there. I wouldn't say it's fully 200, but the, you know, 150 to 175 reviewers who've agreed that it's so important to turn things quickly. So to not put that in their inbox and say, well, I'll, I'll read that next week, mm-hmm. but that they will read it within the next couple of days and try to get their feedback in within say a week or two. Um, and so you know, that still allows them to sort of work it into their own personal um, workflow, but they have to, they know they get right on it. And to answer your question, yes, we are using some social media like WeChat or, or, you know, at least some, 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 uh, some chat type forums. Uh, There's a facility built into, uh, to uh, uh, Manuscript Central to to do a little bit of of that and have a little conversation about things. So we're, we're, we're experimenting with different approaches right now. We haven't settled on one, but this allows them, if, if there's a disparity in reviews, to quickly sort of discuss more of an NSF panel style, discuss, oh, okay. the, discuss mm-hmm. the paper a little bit and what's pros and cons of the paper. And, and maybe they won't achieve consensus, but it's an attempt to try to do so. But at least the associate editor can hear where they're coming from and can then make a recommendation. So, Alan, a quick question. Uh, how do you enforce deadlines? Like, is there a mechanism in place? How to ensure? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, Space Army, didn't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, enforcing the deadlines is just, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of um, we have, we have, the manuscript central reminding system that we use. So we're using the same system as we do for TPAL, for example. We absolutely are. We absolutely are. We are using the exact same system. It's just mm-hmm. another journal within that system. Right. And then, then we, we uh, also, the, the co-EICs are working very closely with the associate editors mm-hmm. to help push this along. And they deserve a lot of credit for the work that they're doing there. Mm-hmm. So, Talking about, uh, let's change the subject a little bit on um, some people are also concerned or, or, you know, would be most interested in knowing about the um, potential impact factor. Like, uh, you know, uh, can you address this, throw some light on the impact factor? Of course, of course. The, the, you know, and, and I realize this is important to, to, to some uh, areas of the world more so than others, and, and perhaps people in right. versus industry. I understand that. Right. And so, well, the beauty of it is the the Power Electronics Society and and its uh, products people just went through this with the, the Journal on Emerging and Selected Topics in Power Electronics, JSPE, which mm-hmm. is now about six years old. But it right. takes three years to establish an impact factor. Right. And it, it will be no different with open access. We will. We will, uh, and IEEE is committed to to assisting us in the establishment of that impact factor. And so right. we intend to do that. Our, what it means for us in year one here in 2020, we must publish 20 papers, a minimum of 20 papers in open access. Okay. okay. There's certain, and then, and then of course, what you do is you have certain numbers that have to be published, critical mm-hmm. mass established. Then you have to start building that citation uh, you know, so there has to be the, the citations coming from those. And so we feel like that through the invitations we're issuing to people, for example, for, for things like tutorial papers or review papers, these right. would be highly cited articles by, by um, researchers and professionals in the field because they, they represent the state of the art as, as we know it today. And, mm. 
and they're, they're a great starting point for someone doing work in an area. And so, or a tutorial article the same way. Mm -hmm. So we feel like this will get the impact factor solidly established for, uh, for in the first three years, but we certainly need right. submission. No question about it. We need people submitting good papers. Right. This ties in, I mean, there must be some journals out there, I'm sure, which have, let's say, no publication fee. There are open access journals in other fields, and they still have good impact factors because they get the submissions up front. Would that be something? It's a trade-off, I understand, right? Yeah, I think so, but I have think... Have you discussed this at the editorial board within your, within your team? We, we have, we have, and I think, I think this is where... Um, coming from the legacy. I mean, of, it's a catch-22 situation, I can understand, right? You do this or that, what comes first? Right, right, exactly. And I, mm -hmm. and I think, uh, you know, we have chosen that we're not going to completely abandon the, uh, mm -hmm. the, the IEEE approach to the, to the publishing that we have. And in that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, PayPal's solid impact factor, great, highly viewed journal, um, and as well as, as Jespy is a growing very solid impact factor. These are two places people really love to, to, to put their work into for those reasons. And for us to follow track in the same way we did with Jespy, yeah, there's certainly other there's certainly other open access forum, but where are power electronics professionals most likely to turn to? Yes. And we because of the legacy of TPELs and Jespy, they're also going to turn to the to to OJ Pels, as we call it. <laughs> and, uh, and open journal. Um, so yes. they're going to turn to OJ Pals in this case because mm -hmm. you know it has that same uh, quality and and standard and right. ultimately impact factor. And so it's, a, it's an investment in the future, even right now. So so that brings me to my next question. Actually, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's say if uh, an author's paper is rejected in the TPL, would you suggest that being editor in chief of this journal that the author submits their paper to the open access journal or what would you, uh, what would you comment on that? Well, I th you know, of course I wouldn't discourage anyone from submitting, you understand, but, but I don't think you want to, as an author, think of, of the open access journal as a place I'm going to go to if I'm unsuccessful right. at TPELs. Right, and right. It's not a fallback position. And I think you'll find that the reviews are just as rigorous. They just happen mm. to be faster. Right. And, and 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 you know they're they're rigorous, they're detailed. Um, we're still asking the same level of review of our reviewers. We're just asking them to be a bit faster. And right. sure. uh, so, in that regard, if it's rejected in TPELs, it doesn't necessarily mean it would be rejected in the Open Access Journal. But you mm. shouldn't necessarily think that it's going to have an easier time of it. So take seriously feedback that you get. Mm -hmm. from, from a TPALS review. And then if you wanted to, to submit it to the Open Access Journal, well, of course, it would, you, you're welcome to do so. Yeah. And, you know, but, but I think take seriously any comments that you get. Definitely. Alan, uh, but listening to you, uh, you know, a few other questions pop in my mind as to, uh, as a, you know, when we, when, when we citations, essentially, so when we, when, I, when we refer to citations of a paper of a regular TPALS, it has a volume number, a production number, as well as a page number, and so on. Yes. So how will how will that work with the open X open journal of power electronics? Will it have page numbers or uh, 
Uh, yes, one of the problems with the one of the problems of using a Kindle book is basically mm. one can use different uh, select a different fonts and the page numbers automatically change of the book. Mm -hmm. Right, mm. right. So yeah. Can you that? The official citation for the paper, uh, as 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 you will see it in IEEE Explorer, when you see the 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 information about the paper, it will mm. give the official page numbers. So. Okay. Um, first, the first one might be pages one through ten, and then the numbers are going to go sequentially throughout the year. Mm -hmm. There will be no volume and 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 no issue number, no no number. It's just the year and the page numbers. Okay. Nice. Okay. And if they, if they did want to say volume, well, it would be volume twenty twenty. In other words, it's right. going to be here. For the so year. A little bit, little bit redundant there because if it's published in twenty twenty, that is the year. So. Um, that's why I said the page count is going to be sequential. I see. Okay. And then the, the uh, online, when I access it in the Explorer, it'll be in the same format. I could, I could download it as a PDF or view it as a HTML and so on. Right? That's correct. Absolutely. You still can get a PDF version and that'll be your page count, page numbers. Right. And then the other question I have is, uh, I know the TPL and other transactions have been publishing special issues and special topics on certain thematic topics. Mm -hmm. Does the open access journal have any such plans or? We, we are also discussing that, but we feel like we, we're, we're positive toward it. We're, we're leaning toward the possibility of having an open access collection of papers. It would, since there's no, there's only the annual issue, it would be yeah. a collection of papers that would come in in a sequential fashion and mm -hmm. probably what I would do then is I would take to social media and I would start advertising the fact that we have this collection of papers that has been published. So in other words, there's going to be much more post-production advertising of papers that have been presented in the open journal because we want to draw people's attention to them. And mm -hmm. particularly in a special issue kind of arrangement, when you think of a traditional special issue. That would be a special collection. It's there, and we would take to social media and start saying, hey, we'd like for you to be aware of this. Here's the link, and you see all the papers right there to get. Well, Alan, just a quick question on the um, impact factors. Do you know of any other journals, let's say a TPL kind of a journal, and from the same society, let's say, this, in our case, it spells, let's say in any other society, not necessarily IEEE, who share the impact factor being sister journals? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, to start off, because it's in, in its infancy now, uh, the OJ Pels, as you said. So would it be, uh, has that been discussed before um, in your team? It has not. Um, you know, each of our journals has their own impact factor, and if, if I understand your question correctly. Um, and right. Like, let's say now the TPL impact factor is, um, I don't know what it is, it's six point something. Right. Um, so so uh, would it be beneficial for OJPLs to share it at the beginning, uh, being a sister journal? If there was a way to do that, I would certainly, as editor-in-chief, be really interested in that. <laughs> because, because I've seen some medical journals and I've been reading on impact factors. They do that in some of the other societies, like in medicine and nursing and clinical research or whatever it may be. Right. Um, 
But I know IEEE, we don't do that. I'm just, it's a, it's a question for you, maybe uh, to think about moving forward. It's possible well, or not? The first thing is, is it even possible within IEEE? I know it's not historically proven, but it's, it's an option. Right. And I, I would say that uh, um, you bring to, some, to, to my attention something that I hadn't uh, considered because I am so ensconced in the IEEE way and you, you sort of do things individually that way. So right. I will investigate and see what the uh, what the barriers to that might be, uh, because right. if, if we could inherit that to begin with, that would be awesome. Right. Well, there may be pros and cons within that system of doing that as well. So you'll have to investigate and dig a little deeper, I guess. Of course. Of course. So that's that's definitely an action item for me. Yeah. No question. Right. Mm hmm. Alan, Alan, I think we're coming closer to the end of this podcast. Um, I uh, I can see all the benefits of this new app, Open Access General, having you know, no no extra additional page length charges, and then there is a 15% discount for IEEE and Pulse membership, and uh, uh, for rapid publication, as you mentioned. Is there anything mm -hmm. else you want to highlight on this, for this Open Journal of Power Electronics? Well, uh, actually, just that uh, we will be growing the editorial board, um, and I will be appointing a few more here before APEC. Uh, I'll be appointing a few more here in, in, in this month. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess I just want to encourage authors to consider um, OJ Pels in, in, in the places that they would submit it, because I do think that this opens up their work to a huge audience. And as a result of that, you know, maybe not every single paper that you author uh, warrants going into that, into that open access and, and, and having that level of, uh, of visibility. But a lot of the work that we do as our field grows and grows and matures even more, um, mm -hmm. that, that level of visibility is very important. And so there's, there's probably some some key papers. We all know what they are when we're when we're working on them. We, we're coming to a, you know, we're about to disseminate not just an incremental thing, but something pretty profound. That might be something that uh, the open access journal is really really beneficial for getting it out there. And uh -huh. uh, so I, I would just leave you with that thought that that okay. uh, maybe need to, need to start to perhaps reconsidering the criteria upon which they send papers to our various journals um, because these are very prestigious journals we have and not to take anything away from TPELS or, or JESPIA, for example, or yeah. transportation electrification. These are great journals. Okay. It's just that, you know, uh, from the standpoint of, uh, of uh, open access and broad audience and rapid turn, this can be very beneficial for the authors. So with that, with that I would like to say thank you, Alan, for your time today to discuss the new open journal, in power electronics, as you call it, OJ Pels. I think that would be the acronym. <laughs> uh, for to all our listeners, it's our aim uh, for this media committee uh, to bring you more such podcasts that are informative and useful. So our aim is to have these podcasts available to you via Pels website, and then uh, and also see if you can publish through Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Podcast app, so that you could access them through your cell phones. So for that, I would say, please stay tuned. Sheldon? Yeah, well, thanks, uh, everyone, I guess, for listening. Um, thanks, Alan, for being here uh, with Prasad and myself uh, and for answering all our questions. It, it, it's, indeed a, uh, it's a new dimension. It's adding a new dimension to our society and the way we publish. Um, 
uh, for listeners, thanks for uh, for chiming in. Uh, please watch the space. I would like to remind you, uh, watch the space on IEEE PALS website and the resource center for these um, podcasts. Um, uh, you know, we will be asking listeners for their suggestions. Uh, as you know, this is a new initiative within the society uh, uh, through the digital media and uh, education committee. So uh, we will be more than welcome. Uh, we're more than uh, looking forward to your uh, suggestions on future podcast topics, uh, for example. And also we'll be sending out, you know, short survey questions. So um, please do uh, uh, complete those. So with that, I would like to, you know, say thank you. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you.